Hello, friends. Good morning. Welcome to Breaking Open the Word, Father Ron here. And our gospel is from the 18th chapter of Matthew, verses 15 to 17. And I'm going to read, I put the whole gospel in the notes section. I'm just going to read the first part because that's what I want to focus upon. So it says this, Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established. And if he refuses to listen to you again, then tell the church and then go back. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. Whatever that is. <laughs> okay. Um, and then it goes on from there. So, not one, not two, but three times you go to make amends when someone wrongs you in the hope of reconciliation. That's what our gospel here today says, Jesus says. Now granted, this person who hurt you, they're in the wrong. They did something to you. And yet, I'm supposed to make the effort to reconcile with them, even if they don't want it. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. And if I do, and they laugh in my face and they don't care, in the gospel, I'm supposed to try again? And if that doesn't work, I'm supposed to go and try again, a third time, <laughs> when they're in the wrong and obviously didn't care. Um, you know, and I thought my Costco multivitamin I take every day is a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And upon first reading and reflecting upon the gospel today, I thought it was about reconciliation. And, and it is. And it is. But the longer I kind of sat with it, another important lesson emerged that in many ways is even a bigger pill to swallow. And it's about striving towards greatness in one's life. Giving the absolute best that you have when moving through life and relationships and work and ministries and commitments. What I hear Jesus telling us in this piece of the gospel is don't do stuff half halfway. <laughs> don't do stuff halfway. Don't be mediocre and subtle for good enough in who you are and what you do, pursue excellence, whether in relationships or cooking a meal or writing a book or seeking forgiveness or learning a hobby or doing a breaking open the word. Do it with the fury and the fullness of all the gifts and talents 
that God favored you in this life. And that, I believe, is how we truly give glory to God. Not in praying or going to Mass or singing religious songs, but giving the absolute best we got in everything we do. Like in this Gospel. I think I'm safe to say <laughs> that along with me, if this thing would have happened, you would have pivoted on your heels in anger that first time you went to seek reconciliation and they slapped you once again in the face with laughter. Yeah, what? You would have turned on your heels <laughs> and laughed in anger. Fine. I tried, right? I went to him, didn't even ask for it. I did my part. They didn't want it, so fine. Wash my hands, give up in defeat. And that would be reasonable, I think. And I think Jesus would say, great try, good job. You made the effort. Now, try another approach at reconciliation. Same thing, don't settle. Pursue a different way and then try again. That's not going to work. Well, then try something else and then try again. Don't give up. Give your best. As Mother Teresa herself was fond of saying, God doesn't want success. He just wants fidelity. Let's take another gospel. Let's go through the scripture a little bit. Can you imagine, <laughs> instead of feeding 5,000 people on that hill with two fish and a loaf of bread, or whatever the numbers were, instead of feeding 5,000, Jesus only fed 3,700 <laughs> right? Or instead of driving the demons out of the entire group of possessed individuals before him and sending the demons over the hill, he only managed to drive out enough of a third of the group, not the whole thing. Or when Jesus quieted the raging storm that was capsizing the boat, the disciples were in the water, Instead of, and everything went calm, he only managed to take the storm from a Category 4 to just a Category 2. And one of the boats capsized, but two remained fine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, he did great things. Didn't do great, great things, but good things. I mean, would people have recognized him as the Messiah, feeding 3,700 people instead of 5,000, all of them? Would his disciples had given up everything and followed him if he only quieted the storm just a little bit? Would our understanding of God be someone who, who does really pretty good things when he does things? but not amazing things? 
I mean, isn't 3,700 people better than no one eating at all? I mean, aren't two boats saved better than none of them? When Jesus did something, he didn't do it good enough. He gave everything to it, no matter the cost. When he said yes to his Father in heaven and his mother on earth, and to every individual that came before him in need, his yes to all of them was one of complete surrender and effort. Only the very best did Jesus give. And it, it made me think, what does my yes to God mean? What does our yes to our friendships mean? Our spouse? What, how about our yes to the work that we do? Our friendships, our prayer, our integrity? Are we giving ourselves fully to that person, that job, that task or decision? Or are we in essence saying, yes, kind of, I mean, pretty good, and justifying it by thinking, well, this is better than nothing. And I suppose that's true, but it's not godly. We would not have our faith or the promise of everlasting life if Jesus modeled that kind of living, getting by good enough mediocrity. He taught us that holiness and godliness is about emptying oneself completely in whatever you have chosen to embrace and say yes to, no matter how small or large, holding back nothing, always driving to give more in the pursuit of excellence. In Scripture it says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. In other words, strive to be the greatest in everything you are about. Our life, our friendships, our work, our ministry, our natural world, our bodies, and everything else around us and within us, to give it back to the giver of all of it with abundance. And when we do that, there's no better praise or glory we can give. Yep, that's it. And that, my friend, is all I really care about in this life I've been given. I mean, I try to live that way, figuring out how I might please God as he has pleased and blessed me so abundantly. You know, even, even with the God minute, you know, the prayer. You know, we're always trying to create a prayer that is more and more beautiful, that might draw even more people to the heart of Jesus in prayer. And it takes so much effort and time and money, as it turns out, and it's all done not for you, not for me. I do it for God, 
And the more beautiful our prayer becomes, the more we strive for greatness in this and so much more, the bigger smile we put on our Father's face. That I believe. Don't ever settle in this life. Don't ever, ever say, this is good enough. Because it's not. Everything you've been given is a starter kit to create a life worthy of God's majesty and smile. Recognize and celebrate the steps forward that you've made, the accomplishments. Don't be afraid of mistakes. My God, <laughs> I've made so many and continue to. Don't be afraid of them. They're the catalyst for growth. Celebrate the successes that you've come to up to this point. And then put the glass of wine down, turn the music off, pull down the balloons, and then take a deep breath and let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep doing the work of our Lord. Give it all, friends. Thank you for being with me. I start a mission here in Ramsey, Minnesota. Pray for me, pray for the parish, and I will hold you in prayer as well. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>